Collegiately speaking. And we are underway. Needs a block on the kicker. He gets it. And will he go the distance? Yes, he will. As the Hokies deliver the dagger here in Tallahassee. Intercepted by the Wildcats. The Wildcats win. Unbelievable. Here's Collegiately Speaking, your one-stop shop for college football news. Collegiately Speaking. With Dave Enn and former Northwestern quarterback Dan Person. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountain? Collegiately Speaking. Welcome to another edition of Collegiately Speaking, our weekly look at Northwestern football, another college football. We come to you every week. This is our second edition of the very young season, Dave Ennett, joined by former Wildcat quarterback Dan Persa. And this week, we look back on a rather rough opening game for the Wildcats against Michigan State on Friday night. We have a special surprise guest joining us in just a moment. But first, Dan, I saw you out at Ryan Field Friday night. Are you okay? Do you need me to do a well-being check on you or anything? It was definitely a sad Saturday and a sad Labor Day weekend for me. But, um, you know, knowing that what we know about the Cats and, and, and Coach Fitz bouncing back from, you know, subpar week ones and, and frankly, some sub- subpar uh, Septembers, I'm, I'm confident that they'll bounce back. But, yeah, I uh, <laughs> I was certainly down in the dump Saturday morning and probably the rest of the weekend. You know, I've heard every college football coach in America at one point or another say, you make your biggest improvement – from your first game to your second game. As a former player, did you buy into that? I think so. I, I think there's just so many unknowns going into the, the first week. And, and when you look at your own team and then around the league and around the country, frankly, you see teams um, that make big leaps in, from week one to week two, and they're completely different teams. And I think um, another thing that you hear people talk about is you know more teams – lose the first game than, than win the first game. And I think we saw that in some of the other Big Ten games. Um, unfortunately, yeah, we didn't see that in the uh, the Northwestern game. Frankly, Michigan State played pretty well and took care of the yep. football. So um, I certainly agree with, with your statement. And, and I think, you know, knowing again, knowing what we know about the Cats, they'll, they'll find a way to, to shore some things up, especially on defense, and, and get rolling again. Well, let's bring in our guest, Dan. He's a former teammate of yours. He is the all-time leading scorer in Northwestern Wildcat history, second all-time in field goals, first all-time in point after touchdowns, first all-time in field goal percentage. Uh, Jeff Budzine, what am I leaving out? Well, Dave, you're soon going to have to say – you might have to say second in career points. I think Charlie Kuban is sneaking up, and it would be so fun to watch him uh, beat that record this year. So um, I'm hoping he scores a lot of points, as the Cats do, and uh, takes that crown from me. I'd, I'd uh, gladly give it to him. I also left out sideline reporter because you're going to be on the sidelines for us this week on WGN for the game against Indiana State. But let me ask you, uh, as a longtime observer and former participant in this program, what was your biggest takeaway from Friday? You know, to Dan's point, I think more teams lose in week one than win. You know, across the board, actually, watching Wisconsin and Penn State and other teams, there was just a lot of sloppy football. At least I credit Coach Fitz and the Wildcats. I thought they played pretty crisp. They had some defensive errors, I thought. Uh, and obviously the kicking game will get improved with Charlie. But um, I think, you know, Indiana State's coming in at the right time. It'll help us get 
a wheels loose, but at the same time, I was honorary captain when the Cats lost to Illinois State a couple of years ago, and certainly a day that I haven't forgotten. So I uh, can't take that for granted. But if all things go well, this should be a great you know opportunity for us to get back on the win column. We always hear those are teachable moments, right? So you, uh, even though this is a different group that's out there this Saturday, you would hope that uh, some of those things that have happened in the past uh, would would still be. Uh, you know, a lesson learned somewhere along the line. Let, let's go back to the start of the game, Dan, uh, and a 75-yard touchdown for Kenneth Walker, who I think everybody knew was a pretty good player, transfer from Wake Forest and moving over to Michigan State this year, and the Spartans really loaded up on transfers, as a lot of teams did around the country. And he scores from 75 yards out on the first snap of the game and and that kind of sets the tone right i mean that's that's a tough thing to come back from even though you have really 59 minutes uh, to come back from it yeah and i think it was it just kind of took the the wind out of the the team not only the defense um and you know before you even kind of woke up you know, Northwestern was down 14 nothing, And it just, I was, like you said, I was in the stadium for the game. And I, for whatever reason, there's just, the Northwestern fans really never got into the game. Um, you know, there, there wasn't a ton of energy because the Northwestern was down pretty quick. And um, it, it just, it felt like kind of a, a blow to the gut to a defense from last year while there's, you know, many different players playing now that that would just, you know, never really happen. They didn't give up big plays. They didn't really give up points. Um, and to see that kind of happen at, at the first play of the game was like a, uh, was a rude awakening uh, for sure. You know, it, it certainly was. But I still kind of get back to this, which is you're down seven nothing. That happens. Teams run kickoffs back for touchdowns. Uh, I remember that happened to the Cats in Michigan a couple of years ago. You can still come back from that, but the problem was the first two possessions. They get down to the Michigan State 22-yard line. First time they miss a field goal. Next time they turn it over on downs. You come away with nothing on those two possessions where you had explosion plays on each of them, 40-plus-yard plays, and didn't get anything. And as I look back on it, if you at least come away with some points on one of those possessions, then it changes the complaint. Now, maybe they still get up 21 to three or whatever but i i think it does change the complexion of the game doesn't it what do you think jeff yeah i mean having a goose egg on the scoreboard is really tough more optically than uh you know in substance uh, we, we missed an early field goal but um you know dan to dan's point when you're leading an offense and maybe a stall but the kicker can at least put some points on the board that's a, that's a semi-win and it's a little punch back from really getting a knockout blow early so, um, you know, tough to start the game down 14 nothing before people really took their seats. And it just seems like you're playing catch-up um, after that. And uh, sometimes Northwestern's really good at that, and sometimes we're not. And it seemed Friday night that we weren't. Dan, one thing that you and I talked about here last week was getting explosion plays into this offense. And we saw three of them on Friday night. But but first of all, the play of Hunter Johnson. I, I think you guys would probably agree that as far as a bright spot in the game, uh, if, if you had said going in that he was going to throw for 280 yards and, and three touchdowns and no turnovers, that 
you would have taken that, right? So what did you see from Hunter, Dan? You know, I thought he, he looked okay. I, I think um, it's hard, right, because you look at the stats and, and it looked like a you know, really, really solid game. Uh, being there in person, it, it just didn't look as sharp. But I, at the end of the day, when I rewatched the game and looked at the stat line, he, he played pretty well. But unfortunately, a lot of those you know big throws, well, not maybe not early, but a, a lot of those completions were later in the game when, when Northwestern was, was down. Um, there were times where I felt like he looked a little bit uncomfortable. I, there, was, there could have been something going on with like the setter quarterback exchange, and I think the offensive line could have done a little bit better job protecting him. But all in all, I agree. If, if you look at that stat line and, and say, look, he doesn't turn the ball over um, and, and complete that percentage of passes, Northwestern's probably going to win. Um, but to your earlier point, you know, I think while Fitz is very aggressive, and, and Jeff knows this from earlier in his career, uh, for going it, going for it on, on fourth down and not kicking a field goal, that sometimes can lead to problems from a momentum standpoint. When, like you said, Dave, instead of fourteen three or fourteen six, you know, there it's still a goose egg on on the board, and you can't get the fans in the game, and, and the players are really you know fighting and clawing to just feel like they're getting somewhere, and, and to to leave on those first two possessions with nothing is is tough to come back from. Well, it it is, and I, I think it's something that you know they dug themselves such a hole that gets to the whole confidence thing too. Especially Jeff, is that more of a factor when you have so many young guys out there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if if I had to put myself in Coach Fitz's shoes, I'd prefer not to have you know a Friday night ESPN televised game, kind of unorthodox non weekend game for uh, the young team. You know, I read we were. Uh, had to replace more talent or more output than any other, you know, college football team. So coming in when uh, it's not like an or, you know ordinary 11 a.m. Saturday kickoff is a little unique. It's just one more variant that they need to deal with. But you know, certainly when you're a new guy, and again, I was when I was a sophomore kicker, my first time on the field started uh, one for three on field goals. You know, it takes it takes a little while to come back from that. A lot of positive self talk and you know, good teammates like Dan. So again, that's what I'm saying. This week, this week's got to be such a, uh, an important big win to get some of these young guys feeling like they belong because uh, it, it's easy to kind of cave in after uh, a whooping like we had on Friday. Let's talk about some of the new guys. Dan, who stood out to you on Friday? Yeah, I think we, we, we talked to him or talked about them. Hunter obviously played played very solid and, and looked like a completely different player than, than two years ago, which you know we heard about. Um, you know, some people expected, some didn't. So he was, like you said, a bright spot. And I thought the receivers, uh, Robinson and and Bryce Kurtz, played really well. Made some made some big plays, especially Robinson. I think he's he was a, a nice bright spot, just getting more explosion plays. Um, those were really, really the, the, and obviously I'm an offensive guy. So those are the, the folks mm-hmm. that, that stuck out to me on that seemed like new players. Yeah. I, they, I thought, uh, you hit the nail on the head with those guys. I mean, I think they all did some good things in the game. The other guy's not new, but Trey Pugh, right? I mean, kind of been waiting for him to be healthy throughout the course of his time at Northwestern. And he, he makes a big play on a fourth and goal situation when they're just trying to get something on the board and then uh, catches another ball in a crowd, which I thought Hunter made a really nice throw on into a tight window there. Kind of nice to see the production, uh, Jeff, that uh, they got from tight end last week. Yeah, and I think that's going to be a bigger you know play even this week. Like you said, Pew, he, he made a really critical play, uh, like you mentioned, on that fourth down 
Um, it's fun to see him. Some of the new names that came in, you know, like Dan mentioned, Robinson, I thought, uh, played played really well. Um, and, you know, Hunter statistically, and on the, you know, mobility side, he was moving around quite a bit. Unfortunately, that was more out of necessity. Um, I think uh, the old line will have a big improvement this week. Um, and I think that's needed. That, you know, to Dan mentioned, some of the quarterback center exchanges seemed a little awkward. And, um, you know, Hunter sometimes had to be pushed out of the pocket earlier than I thought he wanted to be. So it will be a good, you know, again, a good reset this week. Um, hopefully an opponent that we uh, can get up early on and, you know, play more, um, you know, cruise control than anything. The other member of our crew, Super Joe, was there on uh, Friday night at Ryan Field in our booth. And uh, Joe, jump in here. Not quite as deflated as we were Saturday night. Hey, Dan, I wanted to check in with you and ask, after a three-score loss to a conference rival, what's it like during the practice week? Is Coach Fitz more intense? Uh, does he lighten up a little bit? What's it like? Yeah, I think he's, he's intense um, early in the week, and, and, you know, whether that's when they watch the film Sunday and Monday, um, you know, he'll, he'll come down on the guys pretty pretty tough and, and let them know what they did wrong and let them, let them know that it's not acceptable. But I think pretty quickly when they get back to practice and on, on the field Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, assuming the, the team responds the right way with effort and, and film study, um, he, he kind of gets them back on the horse. Um, and it's, it's really just the evolution of, of losing a game, right? You need to l- let people know that he lost the game for a reason and, and their effort and their, their talents weren't acceptable. But he, he's not going to be an old school guy and just hammer on these guys all week. He's going to build them back up and, and get them ready to play again. Yeah, and I don't. I certainly don't want to share any secrets here of uh, the way that Coach Fitz handles his business, but how quickly is it on to the next opponent? It's pretty quick. You know, I think um, when we when Jeff and I were there, we had Sundays off, even, even though a lot of guys came in to watch film and, and got rehab. But Monday was Monday morning. Um, you, you watch the film as, as a team and as position groups, and that's where you really kind of catch catch the eye of the coaches. But as soon as that meeting's over, it's kind of on to the next, right? You, you make those adjustments, and, and Monday you're you're getting loose again and, and doing a little bit, bit of a workout. And in that workout, he's he's back on positivity and moving on because it's just outside of a, you know, the correctable mistakes, it doesn't make sense to dwell on stuff like that. It's a really uh, interesting stat that's been floating around this week and if you go over the last five years with northwestern in games in august and september uh, over the last and keep in mind they didn't play any games in august or september last year in 2020 but their record is i believe it's five wins over that span and uh for the other months, October through December, and I guess January as well, they're thirty-one and thirteen. So five and twelve versus thirty-one and thirteen, and so they have been in this position before. But Jeff, I, the question becomes how you dig yourself out because, and and they're not anywhere near in that kind of shape. They were one and three in twenty eighteen. And they went on to win the Big Ten West. Not easy to do that all the time, but but to bounce back. What's what's the key ingredient in bouncing back when you have a really disappointing outing like that? You know, Dave, that's a good point. I was looking at some of those stats too from sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. You know, obviously years that we started really poorly or slowly came out and won three, you know, straight bowl games. Uh, Nineteen was an anomaly. You know, when I was playing in 2013, it was the opposite. We started 4-0, I think got up to rank 10th, played Ohio State, and then lost seven straight. Um, but I'd say usually the Cats are pretty resilient, and I think it's in recruiting, and it's in the families that Coach Fitz likes uh, in recruits. I mean, a lot of these guys, 
are uh, you know academically strong. They they are resilient in the classroom. They they've gone through stuff, and um, I think a lot of it's just the culture that Coach Fitz brings in on the recruiting trail. And um, there's a pretty good perspective, like Dan mentioned, when when the Cats lose a game, you know, Coach Fitz will be upset more than anybody for you know a couple hours. But on Monday mornings, you know, we'd have a team meeting. We'd have the 24-hour flush rule where anything that happened, good or bad, had to be in the past, and we'd start new and. Um, I, I think from a coaching standpoint, they do a great job of moving on and having the next, you know, next game up mentality. But um, I just think from a recruiting standpoint, he, he recruits people with uh, with strong families have, have um, you know gone through adversity but have persevered, and um, I, I think that's what he does such a good job of. And I expect that to continue. You know, this is a team I would I would never want to play Northwestern in November. Um, that's when everything's clicking, and good or bad, the Cats will come out hot. Where I think other teams, if they're not in a bowl contention or things like that. They they fold. You'll you'll never get that out of this team, um, and I think that's why so many people hate playing them later in the year. Hey Jeff, I'm going to let you go, but I want to ask you real quickly if you have one story you can share about Dan Persa on the football field. What <laughs> oh, something that you can tell our our <laughs> listeners on the podcast that they would enjoy hearing? <laughs> Actually, I got a good Easy one, Jeff. This, this Easy, is, Jeff. Um, I, hey, you'll love it. Um, you know, so my my freshman year, I, again, I'm a true freshman coming in, and we had four quarterbacks on the roster. I was a kicker, and in our Camp Kenosha dorm room got placed in their, you know, their group, and that was with Mike Kafka and Dan, and then, you know, my good friend Evan Watkins and Joe Murrow. Um, and just, uh, you know, honestly, I was a freshman. You know, Dan really had no uh, probably interest or, you know, getting to know me, and he took me under his wing and was a great – great teammate and this is uh this is the story that i'll remember about dan uh it was actually during basketball season we had winter workouts really early so we're in the 5 a.m group i was with dan uh so we were probably grinding from 5 to seven thirty in the morning and later that night uh northwestern was playing purdue in football or in basketball i'm sorry well shrine you know sell out i think purdue was ranked number four and all the football guys we were walking into the you know into the game to cheer on the basketball squad, and we walk past the weight room, and there's one light on in the weight room, and it's Dan Persa <laughs> with Coach Hooten working out. And it hit me at that moment. Dan was great, but he paid the price to be great. And, uh, you know, Dan, I, you, you probably had no idea people were walking by or whatever, but I realized you, you were in there grinding <laughs> your second workout of the day. And I thought to myself, that's why Dan Persa is Dan Persa. He was doing stuff that people weren't, and uh, just a pretty cool lesson to learn from the best. Appreciate it, man. That's how I got to be Persa Strong, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Hey, hey, Jeff, thanks. We're going to look forward to seeing you on Saturday. And, of course, you get the honor of tracking down Coach Fitz coming off the field at halftime. And, you know, he likes to have a little fun with the sideline reporters on that the, the walk-off interview at the end of the half. So I know you'll be ready. You've done it before. I know you'll be ready for anything he might throw at you. Yeah, my first game ever doing sideline radio was at Iowa. We were down 35 nothing at half. So getting getting fits off that half, uh, anything's better than that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, you're pretty safe. We're safe to say that can't possibly happen again. Uh, but, Jeff, we'll look forward to seeing you Saturday. Thanks for the time today. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Go Cats.
There you go. Your former teammate, Dan, Jeff Budzine. And uh, so Saturday, Indiana State, an FCS Missouri Valley football conference opponent that uh, started off their season with a win over Eastern Illinois. And they didn't even play last season at all. They The conference had a spring season, but they opted out. So they hadn't played football since 2019 until uh, their first game, and then they had a bye last week. They played in week zero, I guess is what they call it now. So this will be interesting, but it it should be a game where the Wildcats can bounce back. You would hope so, but as as Jeff kind of alluded to, uh, Northwestern unfortunately has has experienced losing to uh, FCS opponents opponents in in Illinois State and way back when in New Hampshire, as, yeah. as you'll remember. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I you know I really hope that they take this seriously, and I, and I think they will, and and you know really find ways to improve um, because there's there's no shortage of that, especially on defense. So I think coming into this game, I, I really want to see the defense play a little bit more fundamentally and, and stay in their gaps and, and not play so much hero ball. I feel like some guys were a little bit overextended and led to a lot of those big plays. Um, but, you know, hopefully the, the offense can get off to a, a stronger start and, and finish in the red zone when they get down there. And um, like Jeff said, it just kind of get a reset and, and, and moving back into the rest of the season. What else stood out to you in this uh, first big weekend of college football? Any other games you had a chance to watch or any teams that really surprised or impressed you? Yeah, I think um, kind of looking at the two headline games from, from the weekend, which you know I, I watched the majority of both, um, Penn State-Wisconsin, uh, was really really impressed with with Penn State's defense. I think they're going to be they're going to be really tough. Um, and you know Sean Clifford and, and the offense played played well as well. And Jahan Dotson, who's uh, who's a kid from from the area I grew up in as well, um, looked looked pretty good. Uh, but to our earlier points, Wisconsin just squandered away a lot of opportunities in, in the red zone and, and turned the ball over and um, you know lost lost a big game at home. So that that was certainly a game to watch. I think Wisconsin will bounce back, but. Frankly, um, Mertz, I think, needs to play a little bit better. And, and you know, after that, that first Illinois game, he's, he's been fairly shaky. Um, and then Iowa-Indiana, I think another game that a lot of people were, were hoping would be more like the, the Penn State-Wisconsin game. But, you know, for a, a bunch of different reasons, that, that game got out of hand pretty quickly with, with the pick sixes and, and turnovers. Um, and you know, I think I think Iowa just is again. They're going to be really tough. They they stayed. I think they're what's their their streak now of however many games holding opponents under twenty two, um, which is which is pretty astounding. And I thought their quarterback played really well. He looked very sharp and didn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, he certainly made a handful against us a couple uh, last year. So I think if if the quarterback plays well and that defense keeps it up, they're they're going to be tough down the stretch as well. Yeah, I mean, I that was I think really impressive. To, to shut down Indiana the way they did. And, you know, they start out with with that win. If you go back to last year, you know, they after that loss to the Wildcats, they won their last six games, right? And then uh, their bowl game got canceled. But uh, they, they were really impressive after starting 0-2 a year ago, and they haven't lost since. So uh, that's, that's a game... That's still down the down the road a ways for the Wildcats. But the one thing you you do kind of look at after the first week, you look at Wisconsin with a conference loss. Uh, you look at the Wildcats with a conference loss. You look at Minnesota with a conference loss. Uh, Nebraska, 
suffered a loss in the first week to Illinois. So uh, now Illinois hasn't lost a Big Ten game yet, and obviously Purdue had a very impressive win to start out. But still, as far as the Big Ten West goes, there's there's a lot to be decided, and all of these teams are going to have an opportunity to uh, to have a say in what happens to them, including Northwestern. Definitely, and I think I don't know. I didn't watch all of uh, Fitz's press conferences this week, but I think the thing that you know he he always says is, especially with these early losses, that all their goals are, are still in front of them, right? They still, you know, for the most part, control their own destiny in the West, um, and I think that's that's going to be hammered home. Um, it's it's certainly going to be no cakewalk, but it's it's still doable. It's not like their season's over. So I think that's a great thing about college football, and, yep. and um, you know we'll see we'll see how they respond. Joe, what stood out to you about the past weekend in college football well we love labor day we love how the nfl isn't quite playing yet so you get a couple of island games on sunday night and monday night Mm -hmm. um i was really interested to see mackenzie milton come back from injury wasn't that a great story yeah just a great story and he looked really good you know down a couple scores florida state comes back forces overtime it's a tough loss but he's still impressive to see uh and and on monday night with the louisville old miss game all the targeting and you wonder you know you're saying the same stuff every time you know by the letter of the law that's an ejection I wonder when they're going to start to revisit some of these letters of the law. That's a great point, uh, because it's something that I think players don't know exactly how to play the game right now. And, I mean, certainly you got to take head hits out. I don't think there's any question about that. But uh, you, you have to have some consistency in the way the game is called. And it'll be interesting to see if this is was the start of a trend or was that just kind of the outlier as far as that game went. The other thing that stood out to me, you mentioned uh, Milton, but that game, Notre Dame-Florida State, Dan, you, you and I saw a lot of Jack Cohn when he was playing at Wisconsin, but he certainly looks like he made himself right at home at Notre Dame. And that was, I, I don't know, is that a different guy out there? It, look, it should look like it, it's, it, but also it's a different offense, right? right? I think he's he's being asked to do a lot more at at uh, Notre Dame. So I think you know, I talked to a bunch of my friends that that went to Wisconsin, and they were, and were kind of hemming and hawing about losing him, and and a little bit frustrated with Mertz. Um, so he he certainly looked more comfortable. I think he he was you know over three hundred yards or close to it, and four touchdowns. So um, you know, I think he's he's taken the responsibility of a little bit larger workload at Notre Dame and, and run with it. Last week, I thought it was one of the best, and a lot of people said this, it might have been the best opening week ever in college football. There aren't as many great games this week, but there are some really interesting ones. Uh, you've got Ohio State playing host to 11, 11 Oregon. Uh, you've got uh, Iowa at Iowa State. They play every year, but this year it takes on a little extra meaning because the Hawkeyes are up to a number 10 in the country, and I think they're ranked right next to each other in the top 25 this week. You've got Illinois, which beat Nebraska in their opener, then lost at home to UTSA, uh, going on the road to play Virginia, and they're a double-digit underdog there. And uh, should say something about Northern Illinois. How about their win at Georgia Tech? On Saturday night, they go for two, make the two-point conversion with, I think, 38 seconds to go and pull out the one-point win over the Yellow Jackets. They come home now to play Wyoming. But it is time for Super Joe's Pick of the Week. 
prediction to say or estimate a specified thing will happen in the future. Super Joe's Predictions. All right, so before we get to the pick of the week, did you guys hear about this 14-team parlay that this guy laid down? A $10 bet that got uh, he, he put in all unders, and it turned around for $80,000. That wasn't you. There you go. I'm not saying it wasn't me. Okay. Actually, I am. It was not me. Um, but I'm going to follow that trend. I'm going to take the under in the Michigan-Washington game. Michigan hosts Washington on ABC Saturday night at 7. The total opened at 51 and has crawled down to 50, and you see some 48s out there. So I would jump on this quick before it goes away. Uh, Michigan lost its top wide receiver, Ronnie Bell, who's yeah. probably their top playmaker on offense. Washington struggled in their first game against Fresno State. I think this is more of a defensive battle. I think they struggle to get to 50, so I will take the under uh, in that game. Didn't Washington lose to Montana last week? Oh, the Grizz. Yeah, Fresno State. I was thinking of Oregon. Yeah. yeah you're right. You're so, right. Montana. Uh, yeah. I mean, you look at this, that, that going into the big house, um, it, yeah, under the lights. What, under the lights. Should be a, a good matchup there uh, for, in that one. And we will be in Evanston Saturday afternoon, an early game, actually Saturday morning, 11 o'clock kick, central time for the Wildcats and the Sycamores of Indiana State. So, Dan, thanks. We will see you on uh, Saturday, I hope, and we will get together again and do this next week. All right? Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. There you go, Dan Persa. Appreciate the time from Jeff Budzine this morning. Thanks to Super Joe Romano. Thanks to Bob Facuda Engineering. I'm Dave Ennett. This is Collegiately Speaking. Thanks for being with us, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.